Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. I want to speak into the topic of prayer here this morning. The topic of prayer here this morning. And I get questions all the time. And questions can sometimes look a bit like, hey, Dan, I'm not too sure how to pray. I'm not too sure what to pray. Dan, I've got to be honest with you. When I pray, I start to fall asleep. I, get my, my, I close my eyes for a little bit and I start to fall a little bit sleepy when I start to pray. Some of you are like, I, I know prayer is really important. I know I come to church and I, I see people praying. I, I hear about prayer and I know it's good for me but I'm not too sure exactly how to take those next steps. There's some blockages in my prayer. And this morning, I want us to, to in some ways, just help us here today where I want to profoundly say God loves prayers. God loves people coming to Him in prayer. Not just an asking of Him, but a praising of Him as well. And I'm praying this morning, maybe a morning, that whether you've been a Christian for a really long time or just maybe today might be the first day you meet Jesus. And I'm praying that you might even meet Jesus in a fresh and new way here today. But today will be a day that we can understand that God loves us coming to Him in prayer. We can come to Him. He welcomes it. He loves it. And so today we're going to look at a few scriptures. And so if you've got your Bibles here today, why don't you turn to James chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. I actually think it's in the NLT version. It says that the title of this particular scripture says the power of prayer. The power of prayer. And it starts off by saying this. It says, is anyone among you in trouble? I'm not too sure about you, but I've been at times in trouble. (laughs) My wife's not here today, so she can't tell me I've been in trouble at all. But I've been in times where I've been been in trouble before. And it says, let them pray. Let them pray. Is anyone here happy? Anyone here happy this morning? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Lord, curse. (laughs) Lord, Father, I'm praying that people feel happy to be in the house of God here this morning. Let them be happy. Let them sing songs of praise. Like we do beforehand. I'm not too sure about you, but I just can't stand there and watch the worship. You know, sometimes I think myself like, there's, there's, a, there's a flesh inside me that sometimes we want to be able to stand there and just, just watch as if it's like a performance. No, no, when there's praise and worship going on, I want to be out of the abundance of joy in my life. There'd be like a hands lifted up. I'm going to bob around. I'm not a good dancer at all, but I just want to be able to praise God. And so it says, let them sing songs of praise. If anyone is among you sick, let them call upon the elders of the church and pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise them up. I want to declare here this morning that as sicknesses come, as diagnoses come, as reports come our way, we will be a church that not just sees the natural reports, but we will stand upon the supernatural God and we will play and we'll lay hands and we'll believe for miracles in the house of God. Why? Because we're a praying church. We lean out and pray that yes, sicknesses come, reports come, circumstances come, but we have a supernatural God that's above everything, above every circumstance, above every situation. And we will lean upon the God that's above it all. He is God Almighty. And it's He who we lift up in prayer above all else. So if they have sins, they will be forgiven. And then a famous scripture when it comes to prayer. John 5, 16 says, Therefore, and just a bit of Bible teaching right now, if whenever you see the word therefore, 
Don't just skim over it. Look back and see what's happening beforehand. There's a reason why I read the first three verses because the first three verses make sense for the next verse to come. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another. Something that we don't necessarily like doing these days. It says, confess your sins to, get to, to one another and pray for each other so you may be healed. Confess, pray, healing. So the Bible's saying, we want you to confess, then we want you to pray, then we want to see healing. Ken, come up the front for me a second. Come, actually, just sit down, sit down the other side there, so we're nice and socially distanced. And uh, I want to sit down. I want to say, show you how this works in, in, in action. Confession is basically coming to a brother or sister and saying, hey, there's something in my life that's going on right now. I need some help. I want to be able to outline a struggle. So I can come to Ken and say, Ken, um, I've got this situation in my life that I, I need some help with. I've got this addiction I can't get rid of. Everyone's going, oh, really? The pastor's got some addictions? Okay. <laughs> tell us more. Tell us more. Hey, I've got this like, circumstance. I've got this anger in my life. I've got this greed. I've got this, this situation with Ali that I want, I want some help with. And I'm going to someone that I have a relationship with. I'm going to someone that I trust. I'm going to someone that I need some help with. And I know that can give me some wisdom as well. And what I can then do is I can confess and say, hey, I've got this shortcoming, Ken. And we might be in a cafe. We might be going for a walk along a beach somewhere, nice and romantic. We might be doing all sorts of things. But I'm coming to him and I'm saying, hey, I've got, this, I've got this thing in my life. This is what confession is, church. I've got this thing. And, and then Ken, his response is, hey, not just listen to what I'm having to say. He says, all right, let's, let's go to prayer. Because God's above. God's bigger. God is in control. And we're going to trust him in this. So Ken then can start to pray for me. And then what happens, the boy says that as you do these things, and we might need to do this a few times and that's an accountability that takes place. But what happens is that then healing takes place in the individual. But notice here that the Bible doesn't say, hey, go to your local Pope or your priest or even your pastor. Just go to one another. Church, this is why it's so important to have relationships in the house of God. This is why it's so important to have bonded relationships where, like Colossians says, that our lives are intertwined with one another. Because I, get, I can bet you that that scenario doesn't happen in a room full of hundreds of people. It takes place in moments when you're leaving church at home and you're walking down the driveway and you're saying, hey, remember when our leader said there are any prayer points and I felt awkward about saying anything and I didn't want to say anything because you want to air my dirty laundry. Well, I'm walking down the driveway now and I just want to talk to you, Ken, like, do you think we can like chat about something during the week? I want to be able to outline and give you some information what's happening in my life right now. This is why it's so important to have ourselves bonded in relationships to invest in one another. This is what brothers and sisters, this is what the body of Christ actually looks like, whereby we actually come into a place where confession becomes a part of who we are and what we do. We live in a world today that says, do not show vulnerabilities. Don't let anyone know that you've got some stuff in your life. We live in the Instagram world where just show your best. And I wonder if we can come to places with trusted people that we can come and be able to say, hey, I need some help. And not just talk about things, but then actually pray about it. Where we say, hey, 
I wonder if you can pray and brothers and sisters come together that way and say healing can take place. Church, I want to be able to declare that, that I am passionate about helping people find and discover the name of Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. But equally, I want to see people set free. I want to see people healed in Jesus' name. And we are the answer, not just myself and not just some priest somewhere, but we are the answer the Bible saying. James is saying that, that together we can make a difference in people's lives, that God will use us to make transformation in people's lives in Jesus' name. Gathering is not just a good idea. It's not just a good tradition. There is indeed power and breakthrough when we follow and actually put the action of the word into play. James goes on to say that the prayer of the righteous person, the prayer of the righteous person. Some of you might be saying right now, well, Dan, I'm not very righteous. Do you know what I did this week? You would not want to know what my resume looks like. I'm not a righteous person. I've got some good news for you here today, that as you find Jesus, as you discover Jesus, you make Jesus as your Lord and save in your life. Romans 5.1 says that you have been made right in the image of God. You've been made right through faith in Jesus' name. And so as we pursue Jesus, as we find Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, as we, we remain in Him, We have a righteousness. And so the prayer of the righteous person, it says, is powerful and effective. And I want to help some people here today remind them that your prayer is powerful. Your prayer is effective. Some of you have been discouraged over many years about your prayer life. I want to declare today that today's a new day that is power and effectiveness in the righteous person's prayer. Never underestimate the power of your prayers. Mums and dads, I want to encourage you, keep on praying for your kids, the little ones and the big ones. Declare salvation over their lives. Declare that we walk in the house of God. Declare that they'll be, um, they'll find the right marriage partner one day. Married couples believing for a child. Hey, I've been here. Pray. Keep on believing in God. There is power and effectiveness in your prayers. Married couples believe and pray for your spouses. Find yourself, if you're looking for a spouse, pray and believe in God for the right person to come your way. If you're looking for a new job, say, God, I want to make sure that I'm in your will. I want to make sure that I'm finding myself living for you. Help me with the right career paths. Let's find ourselves praying and believing in this way. 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 16 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything. Now, other translations say, in all circumstances. It's in everything. Notice he doesn't say in the circumstances that you like or the circumstances that happen to be good for you. But it says, in all circumstances, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. So I said before, and I want to talk about prayer. I want to talk about praying. Many of you guys here, if you've been a part of our church and you're on our system, you, you would have received an email from me this week in regards to uh, our 10 days of prayer and fasting that we're calling our church to. And some of you saw the word fasting and you deleted that email as fast as you possibly could. Like, devil, get behind me. I'm not going down that line at all. But I'm calling us to our church, men and women, families, to a place where we can indeed spend some time at the start of our year. There's, there's something powerful about starting our year off in a way where we're seeking after God and spending some time in prayer. And when I say this fasting, we're encouraging our church to go to a Daniel fast, which, which is basically a, a vegetarian diet. Uh, my 
our youth pastors here were very cheeky to me yesterday, but I've, I've done a bit of a cook-up um, at home in preparation. I've got some beans, beans and more beans. And, uh, and Nick said to me this morning, uh, the other day, he said, uh, remind me not to be around you this week because you might be a bit old smelling on the... <laughs> but we're calling our church to a place where you'll sacrifice. You'll, you'll actually come to a place where you can not try and get something from God, but in order to come close to God during this time. And so for the next 10 days, we want to encourage every single point from the 16th to the 25th. Let's find ourselves in places of prayer, in the word, seeking after God. And in simple ways, it might start off with a five-minute prayer. You might go for a walk with the dog. Say, hey, my dog's going to be the benefactor of this week. <laughs> Get out there, start praying. Find yourself what's on your heart. And we're going to talk about this a little bit. So I've titled this message, Say Your Prayers. Say your prayers. I had a grandmother that was very Catholic and she would say, Dan, you better say your prayers, boy. And, uh, and so I, I grew up knowing that you know, prayers are important. And, but I've discovered that prayer is relational, not a thing you have to do. And I wonder if we can be in a place where we indeed reach out and say our prayers. Father God, I thank you for, for this message. I thank you for this word. I thank you for our church. I think for every single person here. I think of every person that's not able to be here today. Lord Jesus, we declare at the start of this year, we want to seek your face, to know you. God, we thank you that the joy it is to be known by you. Holy Spirit, I just pray for a, for a peace just to come in this place right now. For every single person, I'm not too sure what kind of week they've had or how they've come in here. Lord Jesus, let's pray for your, your spirit just to reside here in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, a couple of years ago, I, I started playing golf. Any golf lovers here by any chance? Well, we, oh, one or two. Okay, we, we need a revival in the world of golf right now. Um, but I started playing golf a couple of years ago. I went out with Matt O'Connor and a couple of others. And um, very quickly, I discovered that it was something that was good for me. I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> but I discovered very quickly I was, I was, it was good for me. I loved being outside. I loved going for the walk. I loved chasing the ball wherever the ball happened to go. Uh, I loved being with... A few fellas at the time. I loved the, the atmosphere of what it brought. I loved getting away from home from a little bit and, and enjoying that space. It was, it was good for my soul. You know when you go somewhere or you do something, you just feel like it refreshes you? Well, this is what golf was. And even though I wasn't very good at it, I just I felt this thing that was actually really exciting. It was good for me to be out about doing this. And so I knew that it was good for me. And so therefore I thought, well, I might try and get a bit better at it because whenever I hit the ball, it seemed to always go into the bushes. Or if there was any water within a, a 500 metre radius, that ball would find its way into the water somehow. I'm not too sure how, but it would, it would find itself there. And I found myself saying, I'm, I'm going to go get some lessons. And so I went to a coach. I've had one or two lessons before. And this coach said, you need to focus on PGA. PGA, and sense of posture, grip, and approach. And as you work on these three things, you will find yourself getting better at golf. And sure enough, well, actually, beforehand, he said, I want to see your swing. And I said, oh, no. So he said, pick up a club and swing. And he thought, dear Lord, how have you learned this? Who's taught you this? And said, I don't know. I just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm trash. I'm just sorry. But forgive me. But as I started applying some of these things that he had for me, what took place is that I actually started hitting the ball straighter and straighter. And my golf game resembled actually a game of golf. And I started to go through this place where I not only just enjoyed and I knew that was good for me, I just started to discover that, that I can actually really enjoy this as well. And I actually think that this scenario is quite similar to some of us where we are in our prayer lives. We know that prayer is good.
good for us. We know that, that the Bible talks about prayer. We know that there is an importance or a place for prayer in our lives. But I believe that there can be a place where we indeed, as we go to prayer, and I'm believing these next 10 days to be something powerful in your lives, that you go from this place of knowing that it's good for you and you actually go to that next level where you actually come to a place where you enjoy it, where you find yourself seeing results, you find yourself actually longing and wanting to be in the place of prayer. And I'm believing for that here today. So what is prayer? It's a question. Prayer is simply interacting with God. It's spending time with God. It's speaking with God. And so the Bible says in the Thessalonians passage, it says um, prayer is, uh, it instructs us to pray without ceasing. And some of us read that scripture there and you think, oh, I'm already out. I've got, I've got too many things to do, Dan. I, I, I cannot pray without ceasing. But I want to encourage you what I think prayer, praying without ceasing means. Praying without ceasing means if you think about it, pray about it. If you're concerned by it, pray about it. If you're consumed by it, pray about it. If it weighs you down, pray about it. If it's on your mind, pray about it. It does not mean that for the next 24 hours or the next seven or 10 days that you'll find your pastor praying non-stop. No, no, no. I'm going to be sleeping. I'm going to be enjoying life. I'm going to be going for walks. I'm going to spend time with my family. But as things come your way, find yourself praying about it. Some of you, as you, you, know, you, you, you drop your kids off at school and you find yourself dropping your kids off at school and you might find yourself worrying about your kids on the first day of school when you drop them back. Instead of worrying about it, you might, and the worry might be, Lord, I, I'm worried they might get bullied or worried they might, might, won't make any friends or worried that, that, that their teacher might be, um, you know, have no patience for them or I'm worried that they won't eat their, their lunch from their lunchbox and can I tell you, that's my, not, not my worry in my household. My daughter is a warren and she eats every single crumb. She's got no problems whatsoever right there. But there might be some worries that fill your hearts as parents as you drop your kids off at the school. Instead of worrying about it, why don't you go to a place as you're driving down the driveway and say, Lord, I declare life over my child. Lord, would you give them influence? Lord, will they be the salt and the light in their classrooms? Lord, I pray for, I pray for their teacher. I know my kid, they're going to need patience today. Lord, give that teacher patience today as they teach my kid. Like, we find ourselves going to a place where we indeed start praying for our kids. Some of you, it's in the world of praying for your spouse. Instead of saying, God, <laughs> He's crazy or she's crazy and they're driving me crazy. Maybe you can go to a place where, Ken's laughing down the front. Um, maybe you can go to a place <coughs> where indeed you find yourself praying and lifting them up. Instead of going to your girlfriend or your mate and, and complaining about your spouse, go to a place of prayer. Because I can guarantee you, you going to a place of prayer will be far more effective than having a whinge and a complaint to someone else. Am I speaking to anybody right now? Maybe when it comes to the COVID stuff, you're petrified about getting COVID or, or worrying about the effects of COVID or, or seeing the impacts. Why don't you go to prayer? Activate some faith. Find ourselves saying, God, I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for my home. God, would you bring healing? God, I pray for the supernatural strength to cover me right now in Jesus' name. Instead of allowing it to be a place of fear or worry, let's go to prayer. Have I got everyone still here this morning? You doing okay? You doing okay? Go to say your prayers. Say your prayers. I want, I want, I want to have three simple points for us here today. When I think about the word say your prayers, what are we going to say? My first word, my first point, my first thought for us, if you're taking notes here today, say something. Say something. You know, as I was preparing this message, 
the simplicity of say something, I actually believe God wanted to help us return and have a voice again. We worship a speaking God. We worship a God that speaks and things happen. And I want to encourage us here today to find your voice again. I don't just think my prayers, I pray my prayers. As I put my daughter to bed at night, I pray over her. I don't just think over her. When I drop her off to school, I pray for her. I don't just think about her. When I think about, um, when, when I, when I, when I um, consider my, my marriage, I pray for my marriage out loud. I'm that weird guy sometimes when I go for my prayer walks, which happens most mornings, I put my headphones in and sometimes I forget that the headphones are in. You know when your headphones are in, you actually start speaking really, really, really loud? I'm speaking in the Spirit sometimes. Sometimes I'm praying. As I get thoughts about some of you guys here in our, in our church, I'll start praying. I said, God, lift up. I lift up Ruth Atava. I start praying for her. I start praying for Jenny Simpson. I start praying for the Renshaws. And I speak it out. I'm believing for us to come to a place where our prayers are heard again. I'm convinced that some of us are petrified of coming to a prayer meeting because we might have to say something. Can I encourage you, break down those walls. We are, a, I want us to be a noisy church, one that finds our voice again because God is a speaking God. So what do you say? <laughs> you might, I don't know what to say. Just say, God, here I am. God, I want to be used by you. God, I, I want to seek your face. Start simple. And it will sound like it's awkward at the start. That's okay. Start somewhere. Say something. I want to remind us here that your prayer is only powerful because of the one who is listening to the prayer. So even if you think you're not good at praying, that's okay because we're praying to a good God. We're praying to a good God. Jeremiah 33 verses 3. It says, call to me. Other translations say, pray to me. And to give some context of what's happening in this particular scripture, Jeremiah is in a place of, I don't know, God. I'm a bit lost. I need some help. I've been there before. I don't know. Is this the person I should marry? Is this the person I should not propose to? Is this the person I should buy a home with or sell a home with? Or I don't know. Is this the, the church to be planted in? Is this the, I always find a place where sometimes we get to a place where I don't know. And what Jeremiah is saying here is, call, in Jeremiah says, God's saying, call to me and I will answer you. This is his promise. As we pray to him, as we call to him, he will answer you. And show your great and mighty things which you do not know. And watch this. Your prayers are not necessarily, the words are not necessarily the powerful thing. His answers are great and mighty. God just says, you do your bit. Call out to me. Pray to me. And I will reveal. So first thing, say something. Number two, say thank you. We were at a scripture beforehand saying, be thankful in all circumstances. I love how Jesus, Jesus starts his prayer in John chapter 11, chapter, chapter 11, verses 41. and says, They took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Father, I thank you. I wonder if we can start our prayers with, Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. And you can fill in the gaps from there. For me, it says, Father, I thank you for my beautiful wife, Ali. I thank you that she's the gift. It was her birthday on Wednesday and we took her out. She had a great day. Um, she's out preaching today, the same message that she preached to you guys last week at Campbelltown and they are being blessed right now. But I thank you, Lord Father, for my wife, Ali. I thank you for my child, my children. God, I thank you for Ivy. I thank you that she's a miracle provision from heaven. 
God, I thank you for the food in my belly. I thank you for the roof over my house. I thank you for the school my kid goes to. I thank you for this church. I thank you for those who have gone before me. I thank you for my leaders. I thank you for all these things. I thank you for the cow that I'm going to slaughter after this fast. I thank you for, I thank you for the, uh, I thank you for golf and I don't suck at it so much. I thank you for the joys in my life. We can find ourselves coming to Him with thanks. And as you do, you watch your, you watch your attitudes, your perceptions, the way you see life transform. There's a reason why it says in the Word of God, to, to, in Psalms it says, shout with joy to the earth. So not to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come to Him with singing and with joy. There's a reason why when we come into our worship services, I love for you to be on time. Why? Because we actually find ourselves being able to worship Him. It's a praise, it's a thankfulness that we get to lift His name up. But when we come in with a coffee in our hands, <laughs> a coffee in our hands, and we find ourselves cranking our wife or our husband, and we sit up the back and go, all right, let's just do church now. That's not a thankfulness. And He says here, Come into this place. Acknowledge the Lord is good. He made us. And we are His. I love that. He made us. And we are His. We are His people, His sheep and His pasture. And watch this. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter. This is the entrance point. Go into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name forever. What the psalmist here is saying that there is an entry point. There's like, there's almost like an etiquette of how to come into the throne. And Jesus is the King, and he's saying this is how you meet the King. I've never met the Queen before, but I can guarantee if I was to go to meet the Queen, there would be a an etiquette that I get told of how to greet the Queen. And all I'm thinking about right now is Mr. Bean when he meets the Queen. Anyone seen that episode? He bows down to her and he actually headbutts the Queen. It's pretty funny. Um, do yourself a favour. Go and watch Mr. Bean's uh, greeting the Queen. But there's an etiquette, right? There's an etiquette. There's a thankfulness. There's a, there's a God, I'm thankful for today. I'm thankful for the provisions. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful. And even in the, in the worst of circumstances, you can find yourself with a praise, with something in your heart that says, God, I'm thankful. You would do some, some of you would do well to actually go and write a list down. If you're like me, I need lists in my life. Write a list down. God, I'm thankful for these things. And I'm praying for these things. Thankfulness. Thanks and praise should be the tone of our prayer. It should be the tone of our prayer. It's the attitude. And so number three, if, if, if thanks and praise is the tone of our prayer, number three and what to say is say the word. Say the word. Say the word. If thanksgiving is the tone of my prayer, then the word is the language of my prayer. The word is the language of my prayer. Don't just pray. Don't just speak. Say the word. So here's how you pray. You read the word first. I want to encourage every single person here today. Make 2022 the year where you dive into your word more than ever before. For some of you, that's just actually open up the Bible. For some of you, that will be you know, dedicating certain amounts of time, certain every day to the Word of God. Find yourself in prayer. Sorry, find yourself in the Word before you even go to prayer. For some of you, it'll be five, ten. For some, some minutes, for some will be a bit more than that. That's okay. Start somewhere. Find ourselves in the Word of God. Some of you might be like, well, Dan, I'm not too sure what to read. <laughs> I'm not too sure where to start. My encouragement to you, 
would be, most of you all have a smartphone these days. I, I, I do this. I've got a bubble app. It's called version. Download it. If you've got no room in your phone, delete TikTok. Find yourself, <laughs> find yourself having enough room where you can actually have the Word of God in your life. And then what you need to do is there are bubble reading plans. And start summer. There's, there's a bubble reading plan. I'm, I'm, I'm currently going through the New Testament right now. I'm going new t- through the New Testament during the month of January. And I'm, I've, there's a plan. There's a devotional. It directs you. It keeps you accountable. It will send you messages if you've missed a day, if you want it to. There are so many options. Find yourself having patterns and regular opportunities to dive into the Word. Then maybe for some of you, well, I don't like reading. Well, my, th- my first thought to you, well, maybe something to get over a little bit. Find yourself reading, engaging. But if it's really that bad, it even reads to you. Watch this. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Can you turn that up a little bit? All that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. leads me beside peaceful streams. You hear streams. that? He renews my strength. It starts, whoa. <laughs> Can you hear that? <laughs> Sorry, Dan. That was my fault. That was my fault. Are you all awake now? It actually reads to you. You could be in the car driving to work. Find yourself listening to the word. Find yourself reading the word, being the word. John 15 verse 7 says, But if, and what a, what a remarkably powerful two-letter word that is, that if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then, is, is that if you do your bit, then you may ask for everything you want and it will be granted. But here's the thing. You start actually praying the word. You start praying his will. The things that of the flesh that you might want, they become less important because you start praying for, for important things from the Word of God. Say the Word. Say the Word. I wonder if we can practice this this that, this, this morning. Matt, do you want to jump on up? Why don't we actually stand to our feet? I said beforehand I'm passionate about helping people to come to a place where their prayer life can increase. To, to go to the next level. And again, I'm not too sure what your scenario might be. Maybe you love prayer. Maybe you've had a bit of a love-hate relationship with it. My hope, my prayer today is that you will go to the next step, the next level, where prayer will become a part of your life that you indeed love to do. And whether you're one of our young guys here, and I even love the back pocket there where there's a bunch of young guys there, it's fantastic. Or maybe you've been around for a long time. Has come to a place where we know that it's not just good for us, that we love to do it. And as I was thinking and praying, and I want to put this into action a little bit right now, I want to speak a, a word of life. And again, whether you're at home right now or whether you're in the room right now, this is the word that you can respond to if, it's, if you can resonate, if it, if it speaks to you. You know, when the pastor or someone comes and leads a prayer, sometimes it will speak directly to you. The amount of times I've had people come and say to me at the end of service, hey, it's like you're speaking specifically to me. It's incredible. But equally, sometimes things are just not necessary for now. They might be for a future season. That's okay. But I just want to speak over the word fear right now because I believe God's wanting to do something for those here, those at line, for our church. And there's two scriptures I want us to look at very briefly and I want to practice what I've just preached there where we indeed actually pray the word. We pray the word. Over the last few years, I've seen anxieties, worries, troubles gradually grow to the point where some of us don't even know what's happening. 
where if you were to take a bit of a pulse look, you'll discover that perhaps things have got a bit out of control but we don't even necessarily know. It's like the, like the crab that gets boiled in a in, 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 in the, in the, in the uh, cold pot. Gradually things heat up over time. That's when I speak life. I speak faith. But perhaps fear has actually crept in. In a couple of great scriptures to go to. First one comes from uh, 2, uh, 2, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Automatically we know two things. First of all, fear is a spirit and it's not from God. Those two things, we know it's not from God. But then it goes and says that what He has given us and says He's given us power, love and a sound mind. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Oh, 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 oh,